Have you ever felt like the door would just never open? And when it does, you step back and think, okay, now we've been praying a long time for this, and here's an open door. So, is this really God, or do I just keep going? And there are times that just because a door opens doesn't mean that it's God. But today I'm more focusing on thanking God in advance for when that door does open. Like if there's a a crack, so to speak, in the door. And like, okay, I don't see the full picture yet, but God, I thank you for the full picture, the full puzzle being complete. Join me as I to talk as I talk about that today. Welcome back to Finding Joy in the Journey. I am so sorry that it seems like a minute since I have pl- published, sorry, an episode. This will probably might be uh not my last one. Not my last one, but before I take a short break. There is just a lot of things on me and my husband's plate presently, all good things. And we're just uh, needing to get on the other side of it. And when we get on the other side of it, then I will be publishing more. But I could not get away from talking about this uh it just resonated with me last night at church and I wanted to share what the Lord opened my eyes to. Uh, let's see. In St. John chapter 11 is, is the book about Lazarus, how Jesus rose, um, how Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead, arose, arose, raised, oh my goodness, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, I had a brain fart there, he raised him from the dead, and my father-in-law was talking about this last night, and he was, you know, he was, um, you know, how in a message they're focusing on other parts, but there's just this one part that just stands out to you. Well, that was what happened to me. Um, I'm not going to read the whole chapter to you because I want you to go read the chapter for yourself. Uh, Lazarus had been dead for four days. And uh, Martha and Mary, I'm just summarizing real quick. Martha and Mary comes to him um, and, and you could say Martha is the one who kind of had the attitude about it. And then, and then Mary's the more humble one. I guess you could say she's not whining. She's not having an attitude. She just starts weeping and Jesus is moved by compassion. But then at a certain point before the miracle was ever performed, they took the stone away, and I, I've known that. I've seen that. But when they rolled it away, 
I took the stone away. Let's see. I'll start in verse 39. So John 11, verse 39. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh. <laughs> For he hath been dead four days. And, and I'm kind of chuckling because it's like a no debt, no duh statement. Like, yeah, I, I know, I know that. Like, I could just see from Jesus's point of you like, yeah, that, that's the obvious. That's what nature says. That's what science says. Yeah, a body that has been dead for four days is going to stink. Good job, Martha. <laughs> Sorry. That's just so many brain things. <laughs> Verse 40, Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. So it doesn't matter if, if you believe God to do it. And you ask him, if you, if you believe him to do it, then it doesn't matter the situation. You can see the glory of God in it. Uh, verse 41, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. Now, here's the part that gets me. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And it's more of the, those fir that first part of his prayer where it says, Father, I thank thee that thou heard, hast heard me, and I knew that thou hearest me always. The miracle hadn't happened yet. The stone was rolled away, and I, I just bear with me. The miracle hadn't happened yet, and Jesus is thanking God. Now they're the same. Jesus is God. I am not saying they're two different ones. Okay. There's one God. One God. Jesus prays as an example for us, but he was giving thanks and praise before the miracle ever fully formed. The only thing that happened was the stone rolled away. But for me, in my life, it resonated with me so deeply because the stone represented a door. You've been praying you when you believe God to do it. And you've been praying, you've been waiting. God, this situation looks dead. It has been dead for days now. And he goes to open the door. And now what's the next step? To thank him for hearing your prayer. To thank him for opening the door. To thank him for completely finishing the miracle. That he can do anything. Anything is possible. And if you, if you allow him, he will 
reveal his glory to you in in your life and not just to you, but the people around you will see it. I just just wanted to share that with you because I thought I have never seen that before. As many times as I've read the story of Lazarus, I had never seen that. He thanked God before he before the miracle was ever fully formed or or finished, you know, it's just, he was putting his foot in the door, so to speak. The stone rolled away and it, it won't leave me alone. That stone is like a door that you've been asking God to open. Now the door's open. You don't see the rest of the story. You don't see the rest of the miracle but the door it is open. So what are you going to do about it? Are you just going to sit and like, okay, God, you know, like, is, is this it or not? Because I'm very human. And let me tell you, that's where I'm at right now in my life. God has opened a door, but now I'm like, okay, but is this really it, God? Or, or is this going to shut? And God has been challenging me. Thank me for finishing it. Thank me for hearing your cry. I don't know if this is resounding with you like it is me, but I just want you to to think about that. Maybe even in the future when you, you could be praying about an open door for years, whether it's a job, whether, excuse me, whether in ministry, whether it doesn't matter. Whatever that door is, the the stone of your Lazarus, so to speak, and that your Lazarus is those promises that God is giving you. You're like, God, it's been dead for a long time. That's when God likes to show up when the situation is dead. Completely no life, no pulse. It's stinking at this point. Like your situation just stinks. And he says, okay, now I'll perform the miracle. Why'd you wait this long? Why why not when I was, you know, just crying my tears out before and when I was crying out in desperation? Why? Why why not in the midst of my hurting? And you, you could have came, God, the day that Lazarus was breathing his last breath. You could have been there that day. Why? Why? Because God gets more glory out of it when a situation is dead. He said, let me show you what I can do. Because anything that my God does is not just going to be this simple little flicker uh obvious there we go that's a better word (laughs) it's not going to be obvious uh it's always going to be unexpected in a way you least expect it and his thoughts are higher than ours and let me tell you something god works from the ending to the beginning that's in his word Let me see if I can find it real quick. I just saw it the other day. 
Here we go. Um, Isaiah 46 verse 10 says, declaring, well, let me, let me back up a verse, verse nine. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. And remember the former things of old, meaning remember all the things that God has done for you. That's what that means. But he works from the end to the beginning in situations. That's why, not just in situations, our lives, he already knows. He already knows the paths you're taking, your steps are ordered. And that's why when God gives you a promise, he's not where you're at. He's already at the end of it. You're at the beginning of the process when he gives it to you. Whether that looks, you know, years from then or the week from then, you know, however long. But God is already on the other side of it. He's already been there. He already knows what it looks like. He's already got the plan. He's already got the details. He's already has it. He already has it all ordered out. He does not need my help. He doesn't need your help. But I'm saying, I'm pointing to myself. He doesn't need my help in fulfilling his promises. I say that if the exception of that is if he's prompting you, okay, you need to prepare, you need to, you know, he, cause some things he's just not going to do with our hands folded. Sorry to tell you, but there are other things only God can open the door for only God. Quit trying to force it open. Quit trying to make connections happen. Listen, if God knew where David was, he can find you. You're like, what What do you mean? David was anointed king. He sent Samuel to anoint him. But when Samuel went to Jesse's house, because God told Samuel, go to Jesse's house. But then... and. He, it, what I find interesting um, there is that they, they go in the town and it's, everybody's watching, basically. They go in the town and and Jesse brings all his sons except David. So David, I, I'm very curious how many acres of land they had. David is out shepherding sheep. And Jesse has his sons, not all of them, but majority right there. And, and each one, there's one, I, uh, I, I think it was the first one, like, oh, God, this could be him because he, he basically looked like a king. And God said, nope, not him. And he just went right down the list, right, right down the line, I mean. And each one, God said, no, 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 no. And finally, because Samuel's like, now I know I'm adding this, but this is in my imagination. I know God spoke to me. I I did not imagine that. 
I know he spoke to me. So then he tells or asks Jesse, do you have any other sons? And Jesse just kind of nonchalantly says, uh, yeah, I have one in the sheep. Uh, or he's, yeah, in the sheep. Sorry. I have one. Um, you know, he's, he's watching sheep, you know, he's not important. <laughs> and, um, which he doesn't say that, but it's almost like he is saying that, you know, he's just kind of like, oh yeah. He said, go get him. And what I love about it is he says, we're not eating. We're not doing anything until you go get your brother. He tells the other, uh, sons this until you go get your brother. We're not doing anything. No telling how long they had been there at this point. No telling how long the journey would be to go get David. So I can just imagine these strong, hangry men that are probably hungry already booking it to, okay, this prophet's telling me I can't eat and dog at my brother. I'm, I'm going as fast as I can. Like that's just what I picture in my mind. So they go get David and God said, this is the one. If God can find David on the back of a field hidden where nobody sees him, just, you know, right there in the town. If God can do that and know who to connect him with, don't you think that God knows how to find you? and who to bring to you, and what connections. You don't have to do it. He is your best PR you will ever find. You don't need to be your own PR person. And and I know when we were evangelizing, there were times my husband, God prompted him, you need to call so-and-so. And, uh, but a lot of times God did some very unique things and amazing things where he connected us with, with pastors and um, different things that we wouldn't, it wouldn't have happened. Okay. It just, it wouldn't have happened. It wasn't because we, and I am not downgrading this. I'm not saying this is a bad thing to do. We didn't have cards at that moment to pass out that had our number, number and all of that. Um, we just didn't. We had it before, needed to be updated, you know, all this. So we just, we just didn't fool with it. But we found, guess what? That God was the best PR possible, meaning connections and public relations. There we go. <laughs> I was like, what, what does that stand for? So if God can do it for David, he can do it for you. I don't care if you're in a church the size of two people on a, a mountain. God knows where to find you. And if he's truly calling you and has anointed you to do something, he has already guided your footsteps. Again, he knows who to tell what, you know, this person's over here. You need to call this person. Get them over there. He has a way. And he doesn't need us over here trying to figure it out, fretting. And and I know in the middle of waiting, 
It looks completely impossible. It may feel dark. You may feel alone. But God knows where you are. And he's working on it. He is working on it. It doesn't matter what your physical eyes cannot see. He's working on it. I heard something recently that I want to share. Um, it was, it wasn't a message by Brother Tenney, but him and his wife were just giving advice. Of course, this is before he passed away, but, um, he was talking about, he, he said, on your worst day is actually your best day. And, you know, as I'm watching this, I'm like, what? <laughs> How, you know, how, 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 how he said, hear me out. He said on the other side, he might not have said, hear me out, but he said on the other side of your mountain on your actual worst day on that same day, what I mean, God is doing something. You just can't see it. So then on your side, you have a problem. On the other side is your answer. And on the day of your worst day, that being like, okay, my world feels like it's falling apart. All these things are happening. There's tension all around me. That's the base of your mountain. Why actually I say that? It, it might not. I, maybe you've been climbing for a long time. I know I have. But then the problem, your problem, so you on your side, you start climbing up the mountain. Guess what? On the other side, at the exact same time, your answer starts climbing up the mountain. And guess what? There is a top to a mountain. So what does that mean? They're going to meet. The problem and the answer meets. And God mends them together, puts it together. And then on vice versa, I can see from your answer, the other side, for them or whatever, is the problem. Maybe, For instance, maybe it's a job. And on that side, they need some employees and you need a job, you know, or in ministry or... I, <laughs> well, I'll just say it like this because we've we've known people, uh, and and then us personally, but we we've known people that they felt like and did they um, that the Lord started dealing with them that okay now you're gonna pastor now you're gonna do this and uh, the, guess what there's a church that needs a pastor and so the two start climbing a hill. The church starts praying, God, who is the pastor? The the pastor who is always put, meant to be there says, where am I supposed to go? They start climbing up the mountain and meeting at the top. So whatever the situation, no matter what the problem is, eventually you're going to meet your answer. Thank you, Jesus, for it. And I forget this, but there is a time to stop asking and there is a time to start thanking God. Mm -hmm.
going to pray over you. Lord, you know each and every person that is listening to this podcast right now. You know if they're in Africa, in Alaska. You know if they're in Australia, Canada. You know if they're on a mountain hill somewhere, just or feels like it, where where nobody can see them. It doesn't even feel like you can see them. Or they feel that way, but you know exactly where they are. I'm asking you, Jesus, to give them strength today in the middle of climbing their mountain. I'm asking you to meet them where they are, God. To to give them a word that you know exactly what you're doing. That you are working on the answer. Help them to trust in you, God. Help them to see clearly. Give them clarity of when the answer comes. When that door is open, God, don't let them miss it. You show them this is it. You show them. In Jesus' name, you show them. I thank you for it, my God. You are not a liar, but you are a promise keeper. You're not a man that you should lie. And every promise, every promise that you give, it is fulfilled. Maybe not in our timing or the way we want to, but it is fulfilled. I thank you for it, Lord. Strengthen my brothers and my sisters in this time of waiting and climbing. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I will see you and be with you next time.